1: PlushCare.com slash Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. This month, Yumiko introduced six new mesh tones available for all personalized pieces. And as a summer celebration, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. Visit Yumiko.com for store hours, and be sure to follow along on Instagram, at Yumiko, to stay up to date.
0: The Universal Ballet Competition's 2021-2022 tour is coming soon to a city near you. Universal Ballet Competition is a premier student ballet competition which has expanded into eight major metropolitan cities in the U.S. due to its growing popularity among dancers, studio directors, and the ballet community. Founding members Lisette Salgado and David Lucas's combined list of professional contacts allows them the privilege to recruit globally renowned dancers, company directors, and ballet school directors. These exceptional artists in the industry judge, mentor, and teach masterclasses during each UBC competition. Since its first season, UBC has hosted and mentored more than 10,000 dancers and awarded over $3 million in scholarships. Register today and experience the difference. More information and 2021-2022 tour dates available on their website, universalballetcompetition.com. That's universalballetcompetition.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro.
1: And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
0: Today we are joined by mother-daughter duo Gladysa Guadalupe and Marla Minadeo. Gladysa is the co-founder and artistic director of the Cleveland Ballet and her daughter Marla is a dancer with the company. We talk with the pair about how they were both introduced to ballet, balancing their professional life with their family life, the many incarnations of Cleveland Ballet, and what the company has coming up as they enter their 2021-2022 season. Join Cleveland Ballet for its first performance of Momentum, set to the magnificent score of Felix Mendelssohn with choreography by Gladysa in the city of Vermilion on Saturday, September 18th, 2021. Tickets and more information on this and the company's full season at Playhouse Square are available on their website, clevelandballet.org.
1: Thank you both for joining us this morning. I'm sure you've got a busy work day ahead of you, so we are happy that we got you both on the line. Uh, could each of you tell us a little bit about how you personally got your start in dance?
3: Go ahead, Marla. <laughs> um, So I started dance when I was a baby. I was 18 months old. Wow. Uh, my mom put me in ballet because I couldn't sit still ever. Uh-huh. And it just, it stuck ever since. <laughs> yeah. And it,
0: there was there ever a time where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this professionally oh, yeah. or were you always, yeah.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> there was so much confusion growing up, but yeah, I'm glad I stick with it. For sure. And of
0: course, because your mom is also involved in ballet as well, right? So was that? Did that? Who's make your sense? mom? Yeah, who's your mom?
3: <laughs> um, so my mom is Gladysa Guadalupe. Um, <laughs>
0: also on the Zoom call with us.
3: <laughs> also on the Zoom call. Um, but you know, like growing up, my mom always told me I can do whatever I want and whatever makes me happy, and I would like quit dance when I was younger and everything, but I would always go back to it. So
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. it was meant to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, mom, how about you? How'd you get your start?
2: <laughs> well, you know, um, I am the product of uh, two very highly educated um, parents, mm-hmm. and my father wanted me to be a musician. And I really, I was really bad as a pianist. I mean, like really bad. So one day on a Saturday, you know, um, he took me to my piano lesson and my my teacher got fed up with me and she threw a tambourine at me and she said, oh yeah, this is real. She said, I don't want to see you today. You go do whatever you need to do. I am going to play the way this piece needs to be played. Okay. So she started playing and I started dancing. Uh-huh. I'm playing the tambourine. And then when my father came to pick me up, she said to him, you, we have made a mistake with this child. She needs to go to my brother's ballet studio. You know? Yes. So the moment I walked in, my, my mother and my grandmother took me to this ballet studio. The moment I remember going up the steps, I walked in and I saw all these people turning, doing fuetes. Uh-huh. And I went, I want to do that. And I was 12 years old. In August, and I was going to be 13 in October. Wow. It was kind one of the late you know?
0: start for, very especially late. for a female dancer. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
2: very, very, very late. But you know, in Puerto Rico, it doesn't matter when you start. <laughs> so, and that was it. I mean, one thing happened, one thing after the other, and I got a scholarship to go to SAB, and that was the end of it. I nearly right. am after so many decades.
0: Yeah, right. I, I'm wondering because at that point where your colleagues or people that you were in class with were your peers on point because generally you start around 11, 12. And if you were coming in after that, did that make you feel like you were really behind or did you start right away? What was that like?
2: The, the woman actually was um, the mother of Raymond Serrano. She he was a principal dancer with American Ballet Theater at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Raymond was married to Christine Spitzo, also from American Ballet Theater. And they were there at the same time. And I said, Well, you know, you're kind of skinny. Let me see you jump. And I jumped and I said, you know, let's go get your point you. shoes. So it was one of those one thing. Yeah. Cow. <laughs> so um, and it was actually this teacher, Lois Serrano, American, and she was the one that was teaching all the Americans of the base because Puerto Rico was at a marine um, Bay. So right. my father was a Marine. And, uh, so we were, it was kind of normal. I mean, they just right. pushed me to see what happened. And before I know it, I was in New York city right. going to a you know, it was yeah, one of those right. things. I was very lucky. I was very lucky. I have to say.
0: So Marla, I want to hear a little bit about your initial dance training. Were you like, what schools were you going to? And then what professional schools did you start to find some interest in while you were training?
3: Well, I was born and raised here in Cleveland, Ohio. I had all of my training in the School of Cleveland Ballet. When I was 15, I went to my first summer dance intensive. I went to Gelsie Kirkland Mm -hmm. in New York City. Nice. And it was very different from what I was used to. And it was nothing like what I was taught. Mm -hmm. It was an experience. (laughs) Um, I met some of greatest people ever there. Um, I wouldn't, I don't regret it. It was so much fun. But then after that, I never went back to another summer intensive ever again.
0: Why was that? You just weren't interested or you felt like you got the experience and you were done?
3: Um, well, I have everything at home. I have the best training at home. I have, you know, there was no point for me to go anywhere else if I just wanted to stay here.
0: That's really cool because I think some dancers kind of have that experience. I know that I did where I realized like, oh, I've kind of like outgrown my options at home and I have to go somewhere else to kind of get that. So that must be like such a wonderful feeling to know that you can get what you need from a place that you love and the people that you love.
3: Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Glacita, tell us a
0: little bit about what your, um, training was like at SAB and some of the legendary teachers that you trained under?
2: Well, you know, at the time that I went, I went there, which was the late 70s, um, you know, we, I had all the Russians, Danilova, Tumkowski, you know, um, Dubrovska, um, then Muriel Stewart, Richard Rapp, you know, um, Stanley Williams and Suki Shooter. It was it was different. I have right. to say it was A little bit more. I don't want to say strict, and I don't want to say intense. But it was Mm -hmm. very. There's a lot of technique. You know, there was a lot of many fifth positions, many jumps, many turns. um And you know, the Russians will look at me and said, "You're very, you're very pretty," but that was very (laughs) ugly. You know, and and it was it was one of those. You know, and it was. I learned a lot. I learned a lot how to do things better. And I, and I learned that there's always going to be somebody better than you.
0: Ah, isn't that the truth? What a bummer, huh?
2: Yes, yeah, which is great. <laughs> you know what? It's great because I think when we think that we have accomplished something, there's always something in front of us like, oh, wait a minute, we have to reinvent the wheel. So it was, it was a very unique experience. Right. It was different from, from what it is now.
0: Uh huh. You know, and how I'm- do you, how do you feel that those um, working with those teachers kind of informed the way that you then went on to teach and then furthermore went on to direct a company?
2: Well, it was the effort that they instilled in us. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was no effort, they could, they didn't care what you look like right. as long as you had the effort, you know, I mean, at the time, you know, I am very Latin. I mean, I'm, I'm two, you know, I was, you know, I had little boobies and I had you know I was I a was little Latin you know and um they just instilled in you you have to be better than what you came here when you came you know and I do the same thing with my students I do the same thing with my daughter she's not my daughter when she's here she is an artist in the company and we pushed each one of them to do to get the best right. out of them whatever right. they have everybody has a talent I don't care I don't care what it is it is up to us to take that talent, to give them the tools to improve that talent, to grow the talent, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So different in the way at that time, it was, it was diversity. There was a lot of diversity right. in my classes mm. and still diversity today, you know what I'm saying? And I think that group of teachers prepared us. We're talking about the group of Jack Soto, Katrina, and yep. you know what I'm saying? Stacy Cadell, that group instilled in us things that today it's hard to instill right. in the new generation mm. i'm not saying that it's not happening mm-hmm. but it's just different it's just right
1: now yeah. marla can you talk a little bit about what it's like to work with your mom i we were very close with a mother-daughter ballet duo so we know what this dynamic is but i'm wondering for you guys personally um how do you come in and separate work life from professional life Or from, sorry, family. It is
3: definitely hard. It is definitely hard. Um, (laughs) I feel like growing up, I had to kind of prove to myself and to other people that I'm not just getting the roles that I'm getting or I'm not just getting to do these things because she's my mom. I really had to prove that I wanted this and I really had to work hard and Mm -hmm. show that this is because I wanted it, not just because Mm -hmm. I was... It was being given mm-hmm. to me. Now I'm growing up and I'm realizing that I just have to do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I can't right. really care about what other people think about me. Right. And I know that I'm here to work hard and I'm mm-hmm. not just here because of my mom. Right.
1: I mean, you, you started dancing professionally at 16. Is that right? Very yeah. young. So obviously you had to make a, a concerted decision uh, at a young age to put your full focus in this and to, to work towards this singular goal. So I think that's pretty clear that it's not just a family thing.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, um, how do you feel that your mom kind of helped you come to this realization of like, I'm just going to do me, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get all of this on my own, um, accord, not just because of my mom.
3: Well, um, My mom is like the coolest person on the Mm. planet, just putting it out there. (laughs) But she has always taught me that, of course, you can be vulnerable and you can be emotional, but you need to prove that you can be strong and you can handle anything. And she always told me, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't matter what people say about you, because like she said, there's always going to be someone better than you and there's always going to be someone talking about you or whatever and jealous of you and all of this and all of that and I just have to prove to myself I'm here for me and yeah. not for anyone else it makes me happy and I like it and what's the point of trying to please other people who don't matter in my opinion you know right the only- you know that's a that's a good point because
0: I mean, there's going to be jealousy regardless right. of the situation, right? Like you, you're going to encounter that no matter what's going on. So that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I understand that.
1: Yeah. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about ballet in Cleveland. So the, the company has now been uh, back for about seven years, It's the seventh season, but um, there've been other incarnations of Cleveland ballet, but so you've been around for all of them, right? You've seen
2: well, actually, no. no. <laughs> I have to tell you that
0: <laughs> the first because well, there was one that was like super early. nineteen
2: thirty-five. Wow, She's not that oh. yet, okay? She's like, I'm not okay, that old. Wait, well, I, I'm not I that old. <laughs> old. Um, nineteen thirty-five, and it's actually, it was actually um, developed and created, by, brought here by the Russians, uh-huh. the Pav- Pavlov's, and then Pavlova was here. Wow. you know this this was like the the first incarnation. Uh, it was called the Cleveland Ballet. And I had those papers. It was 1935. I have those That's papers. So cool. I mean, it's, it's it's phenomenal, you know, that I have that incorporated papers. Wow. Then in the late, in the late 70s, um, Ernie Horvath, and Dennis Nahat, dancers, former dancers of, of American Ballet Theater, decided to buy a school here, um, a small ballet school. And then they decided that they were going to create, at the time, a Cleveland Ballet. And they did. Um, Not keep not bringing to the light that there was a former Cleveland Ballet. Nobody knew. You know, I didn't know when I came here. I didn't didn't know know either. I had no (laughs) idea. I had no idea. So you know, I was I was in SAB, and then you know, one of my my Puerto Rican friends said, you know, come to Venezuela. There's a company. Then I I left the SAB. You know, uh, Madame Glebo said you're leaving SAB too early. I said it's okay. You know, I'm gonna go travel around the world. So I did. And then when I came here, they had this company. They were building this company. And at the time, it was when ballet was really going up in the nation. You Mm -hmm. know, we're talking about uh, Baryshnikov, Makarova. You know, everybody was coming. It was, you know, going up. And they created, I have to say, they created a beautiful, artistic company. um, From people all around the world. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden something happened that they I don't I don't want to I don't want to say management I don't want to say artistic I do know I do not know either we grew up too fast right or we did not grow up too fast there it's very hard for me to pinpoint what really Mm -hmm. happened you know and then all of a sudden uh, we were not getting paid things were not being paid and it was we lost our our lease because They they didn't pay rent. You know, it was just one of those things. Like, what is all this going on? I was with them over twenty years. You know, I mean, from eighty two. No, I'm sorry, from eighty two to two thousand. You know. Now, go ahead.
0: This was when it was Bali, San Jose, Cleveland, right? Right. So what happened?
2: Yes. So they created, you know, which was a great idea to have a second home. Right. But why go from coast to coast? Well, we're not coast here in Cleveland, but to California.
1: It is quite far. It's pretty
2: far. (laughs) You know. So there were mistakes. And I don't want to say mistakes because at the time, maybe they, whomever made those decisions thought that there was a good decision. Right. But when you, when I look back, I said, my goodness, there's no reason why that company should have never been right. here today, celebrating 50 right. years, Right. you know? So, um, and then after, after that, the year 2000 that they closed suddenly, mm-hmm. you know, I had become... I have was a principal dancer, I became injury, injury, I was artistic associate of the company, I did auditions, I was principal of the of the school. So, I had gone around in a full circle with a lot of hats. And mm-hmm. I still now now after what so many years, 21 years, I understand what we what went wrong, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And so there, there were other other companies, other other organizations that wanted to take over and replace that Cleveland Valley. But you know what? It hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. It was not happening. You know, and I am if I am, I am the believer if you cannot do something right, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Why offer somebody something mediocre? Right. If you're going to make, make mm-hmm. a cake, might as well use fat, full sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Huh. Amen. Right. I mean, you know, that's what I tell Marla. If you're going to do something. You need to go with a full right. force. Right. Mediocrity in this country does not work. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I was right. going to say I, I, it must be yeah. such an advantage, you know, um, directing a, a company in a city that isn't New York in America, probably only New York, you know, maybe San Francisco. It, it just it, the city has unique challenges and you've watched the organization go through all of them for decades, literally. So that must set you up to be in a position to care for the company in a way that somebody, you know, if tomorrow you retired and they just hired, okay, this person was a star at ABT, come on over to Cleveland. They don't understand like the culture of the city and how to grow the company, like the way that you do.
2: And that's what you have said. You said that very eloquently and that's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what I right. say um, in our situation. I'm just talking about our situation. Because we know Cleveland, we know the market of Cleveland, we understand what we're wrong. And the first thing that I said, we're going to do this, but we're going to do this like George Balanchine, school and company. And they looked at me like, you're thinking very Puerto Rican. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I said, the school has to stay there. And then the company will happen because if the company loses funding, that's okay. Goodbye. But then the school right. is there you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I do, I learned a lot, but at the same time, I figure, I'm still figuring out a way to keep this afloat. I mean, we're entering our seventh season with a season that was horrible last year with the pandemic, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and we are growing. We have 28 dancers for, from 10 different countries, four different continents, you know, um, we need to, I, I love diversity. I love different shapes, sizes, you know, different colors, because that's the world. And that's something that I think, and I do believe that the former Cleveland Valley tried to do key, right. that artistic differences, but all around the rest, they, I don't think they really had that vision, right. Right. you know.
0: More... Marla, I want to hear from you a little bit, like as we're hearing what your mom was going through from retirement and like, where were you in all of this and kind of like watching her go through this process and create this new company from something that she'd been such an important part of for so long?
3: Um <laughs> That's an interesting question. Maybe a baby. Yeah. So I was definitely a baby Um, growing up. My mom was always very busy, but I respected it. You know, it's her job. And she was running a business basically all by herself. So my grandma was the one who helped raise me most of the time. She was the one who was taking care of me. And Mm -hmm. I have this really vivid memory. Um, I was, I had to be five or something six I don't know and my mom did an interview on tv and it was live and I'm watching this interview live and I take the home phone and I call her in the middle of the interview and she (laughs) answers the phone in the middle of this live interview and I'm watching her answer the phone I'm like mommy 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 it's fun. Oh my! God. You, like, oh my gosh, she looks so great. That's so, so that's so you know, sweet. I was always there for her <laughs> when Aww. she was on live TV, and I would call her.
0: <laughs> look, her even answer. She's like, my daughter needs yeah, me. I'm like, on TV. Oh, it Doesn't you, hold matter. Hold on.
3: I the most important person in the world is on the phone right now, I need need to answer. Oh, that's So sweet. I <laughs> love <yeah>. that. <laughs> so you know.
1: Trained at the North Carolina School of the Arts and the School of American Ballet, at 20 years of age, Michael Langlois was invited by Mikhail Baryshnikov to join American Ballet Theater. Having seemingly made it to the top of his profession, he nevertheless spends his nights on stage at the Metropolitan Opera House, filling the gaps between the stars and the scenery, watching his colleagues dance in ways that he himself can only dream of. B Plus, his memoir of a 16-year career, is an unflinching view of the joys and hardships in a career in dance as well as a behind-the-scenes look at one of the most prestigious dance companies in the world during the height of the ballet boom in this country. Get your copy of B-Plus now wherever books are sold, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books & Books, or you can click the link in the description of this episode. Can we talk a little bit about what this past year has been like for you both individually? Very different responsibilities with the company, but how did you sort of... um, managed to get through uh a year without performing or with um just such an abnormal space as artists
2: Mm -hmm. well can I be first
1: go ahead of course (laughs) we love hearing from artistic directors yeah Yeah. everyone's journey is so different
2: yeah you know actually we never stopped performing okay (gasps) we decided that okay we cannot be Uh in the theater what can we do? Right. So we did start. We, I don't know if you guys are aware. Um, in, in Northeast Ohio, there's a lot of wineries.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of wineries. Mm-hmm. So we started calling wineries and um different places. And they said, Are you kidding? Of course we would love to have you outside. Yeah. So they we, probably needed it too, right? right? We needed it. Yeah. And um, so we created an out out of the box tour. Mm-hmm. And we went to Stan Hewitt. We went to, which is the the, the home, former home of the Goodyear family. Mm-hmm. We went to Gervasi, a beautiful winery. We went to Throne Creek. You know, we went to different places outside. And all of a sudden, our audiences kept growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never closed the school. Only the month that the governor said you need to close, right. the parents were calling. We'll do anything. Uh, we gave Zoom classes to the to the dancers. Immediately when we were allowed to be in the st- in the studio, we brought them back. Mm-hmm. We never we never Marla can testify to this. We never skip a paycheck.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, bravo!
2: We never skip. Really a paycheck. amazing. What we did, we raised money to buy a, a twenty by thirty outdoor stage with a marley. Mm-hmm. Wow! So we could we we actually created this. This new bear that now everybody wants. Right. So we're still performing out there to these venues and people want that, of course, because now we're going to the theater. We are condensing the stories or the pro- programs that we're giving out there. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. You see,
2: so for me, for us, it was we have no choice. Mm-hmm. We have no choice because we have a group of artists that I did not want them to go to unemployment.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I did not want them to just stop training. It's like you you put a bird in a cage. And then once they're in a cage, you cut their wings. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, a, a moment I realized it said we need to learn how to live with this. And we're gonna really figure it out. Um and that
0: was very intuitive because don't we know now that we do have to live with it? We yeah. have
2: we have to live with this. I mean, this is not Spanish flu. Right. What you know, and lasted three years and people learned how to live with it. It was okay. Yeah. It's all right. Mm -hmm. So, so and and besides, i I believe like I tell Marla and and all my my um artists, it doesn't count how many times you fall down, it counts how many times you get up. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're here. I don't I don't have to do this, I can retire. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) I'm doing this to establish a company that could stay here, it could be here for decades. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has to be established from the business part first and then artistic right so that's what we're doing and the dancers I think Marla can talk about this but the, I think the dancers appreciate that we never send them to uh, we never stop working right you know they just couldn't believe it yeah you know and they have fun so Marla can talk about that
1: yeah tell us a little bit more about what your your past year was like how did how did this pivot to all these different uh ways of reaching audiences affect you as a dancer
3: Well, like I said earlier, I cannot sit still. (laughs) I can't. So um, being at home for the month that we weren't allowed in the studio sucked really bad. Um, I had to take class in my bedroom and my carpet. And my bedroom's like this tiny little thing. That was definitely rough. But then we went back. I got injured. I was injured for about six months. But... (sighs) I know, <laughs> but yeah. I got to go and watch my colleagues and my friends perform in all of these amazing and beautiful venues. And of course, it's amazing to perform and everything, but like stepping back and watching the people that you care about and the people that inspire you doing what they love was just like so eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. It gave me time to like realize this is really what I wanted to do mm-hmm. because I loved seeing people that I care about, so happy. Right. Mm. It was just such a good feeling to see and then to see the audience's reactions and see how the audience engaged with the dancers. It was just so cool. So of course being injured sucked, but watching just like seeing everything from a different point of view, from not an artistic director's point of view, but seeing from something similar to that was just mm. so cool. So I finally got to see Like, I got to see what my mom's vision really was. Right.
0: right. Was that like your first time dealing with a long-term injury like that?
3: Yeah. For long-term, yeah. Like, I've had little things here and there, but I couldn't perform for six months. I was pretty upset about it.
0: Yeah.
3: And then, so I performed before July of last year. And then the next time I performed was Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. In December, Mm. so it was definitely long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) but um, nutcracker is my favorite. So, of course.
1: (laughs) Did did you feel sort of like reinvigorated once you were back out there, having had this other perspective? Now, how did it affect you as a performer?
3: Oh yeah, like it was just. I've struggled, especially like with my mom being the artistic director and everything. I've really struggled trying to find myself as a dancer Mm -hmm. and trying to see what I'm good at and what I can bring to the table and how Mm -hmm. I can connect with the audience. Because of course everyone has something different, but after stepping back and watching what other people can give, I think I really found what I can show to the audience, how I can connect with them and how I can have a relationship with them while performing. And since Nutcracker is my favorite, I've done Clara the Nutcracker for six years now Mm. I just took it so differently than how I usually took it Mm -hmm. and it was I like suddenly wasn't as tired I just enjoyed it so much more I had so much fun and it was just such a new learning experience a whole new learning curve for me yeah so. I
0: feel like, um, injuries like that can have, that's always, we hear from so many dancers and Michael and I know ourselves too, that when you are sidelined like that, there are benefits to kind of when you return, cause you realize how much you miss it. And I think also you have that opportunity to sit back and not be thinking about your dancing, like in class, you're so focused on what you're doing, not necessarily watching those around you and getting inspired. So when you have that opportunity just to be in the audience, and I'm sure for you in this unique time to be in the audience with where I'm sure the audience was just beyond thrilled right. to be seeing dance during this time that I'm sure you got that like extra extra yeah. good feelings from it. So I can sure. totally yeah. see that. So you guys have um, an upcoming performance outside, right? in Vermilion. Tell us about uh, that performance coming up on September 18th.
2: Well, Vermilion actually it's a, a beautiful um, city here. Um, outside of, of Cleveland and it, it's a boat it's like I call it like a water city you know mm-hmm. and um, they reach out to us to see if we can go there perform and we have created a residency there starting next year so the we, they have a theater that was closed mm-hmm. like in a vacuum since 1830 oh wow oh and they just opened it and they're trying to remodel this is beautiful it's yeah. one of those Old, antique, gorgeous, historical theaters right. that they have to be redo. They want to. They have the original stage. They have the original uh curtains. They have the original uh, everything. So they just have to rebuild. Right. It. And we want to perform there. So we're helping raise funds to really rebuild the theater and make that a home, a summer home for us. Right. Uh, so our fir- first performance is actually the 18th um, in a week, and uh, it's going to be outdoors because we can they don't have they don't have the permit to go inside sure. yet
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know and um, it will be another another way of reaching out to those people that cannot travel an hour to go to playhouse Square. right right you know um i love that kind of performance because like marla said you see that intimacy between the uh, the performers and the audience there's something there that you do not get when you go to the big theater right mm-hmm. yeah And uh, it has given us the opportunity to reach out to different audiences, giving us the opportunity to, to give like dancers like Marla, that, um, that are not on, on the stage dancing, an opportunity to see what goes on to get either more enamored with this art form, more enamored with their passion, more drug for their blood, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So it's, 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 it's a great opportunity let's put it that way you know you I think the pandemic has brought to the entire world of the arts a different level of understanding towards the masses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the other way around the masses have realized that without art we cannot be a complete human being right right you know and I think everybody's so negative about this pandemic and I am so opposite I'm so positive because people that have never seen a movement just a movement they're like oh how do you do that you know what I'm saying and people realize that this kind of art whether it's music dance whatever it is we need that in our lives Mm -hmm. we need we it's been through history that every time there's a depression people will go to their salon do their nails, their hair, and go to the theater. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know, and 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 I think this is this is the best. I mean, I don't I don't want to say that this is the best thing that has happened to the world ab- about this pandemic. I don't want to say that. However, I want to say that we have to look at the positive of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for this pandemic, we would have never gone to West Palm uh, to Palm Beach to do a private event for a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We would have never gone to all these little venues to have. A, we have had in one evening. 400 people sitting outside mm-hmm. Wow! it's like this is wonderful yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
2: sadly to say it was during a pandemic yeah. but you know it's right. it, it's um we just have to realize guys that this this art of dance or this whatever it is about arts we need this and it's up to us our generation well more you guys you're younger to continue with this we need to continue this this, this movement, it needs to be alive. It needs to be, it could never die. Mm-hmm. It could never die right. because we will die as human beings.
1: Do you think that the, the pandemic forcing you to sort of think creatively, think f- flexibly um, is making you, uh, is, is helping you find these new routes for performing and, and, and new audiences like for instance, Vermilion. would something like that have happened uh, had you not had to start thinking outside of the box and, and thinking about how you can push Cleveland Ballet?
2: Actually, that is that was in our business plan. Having a residency with a business plan, but it was later on. Right. The, the mm-hmm. pandemic brought this sooner. Right. So it was one of those do or die, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a lot of things in my business plan. You know
1: the amb- ambition is, is great that's what every director needs I mean <laughs> what, yeah. who wants to work for someone who doesn't have ambition and want to want to put the company forward you know
2: yeah and i you that's know and, and we are looking for i am always looking for dancers I mean and my 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 vision with, in terms of artists is to have new york city based salaries here in Cleveland. wow and i'm getting there <laughs> yeah i'm getting there and uh, to have world class dancers that we can actually do touring touring but not touring just not to vermilion touring to europe right you know so yeah this is i i have so it is true i think i think the pandemic forced us to accelerate our business plan right
0: if there are dancers who are listening and they are thinking man i want to dance for her at cleveland ballet and you're looking for dancers what's the best way to Get in touch. you know what
2: send send they can join they can send an email they can call here i welcome everybody mm-hmm. and um sometimes i do believe i do believe i believe in god um and i believe that everybody that has come to this company and marla can testify to this and everybody it, it's because they need to be here
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know they need to be here and uh i am a sucker for talent I'm a soccer for I don't want to say rejects but I'm a soccer for looking at something and said okay I'm going to take this Rebecca and I'm going to do this 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 this, this with her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people say how did you see that I said I don't know how did I see it but I am it's going to happen and and that's and this I love that challenge I yeah. love that challenge you know because it's so important that mm-hmm. we you know give tools to the new generation well Marna can talk about this you know, um, every day it's you never know who's going to do something. Everybody in my company learns everything. Right. And whenever uh-huh. somebody's sick, they jump and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, that
0: was one thing that I wanted to ask. As Michael and I danced at Miami City Ballet, which is a ranked company. Right. Um, Marla, maybe you can speak to maybe the benefits of um, dancing in a company that's not ranked. And maybe you can talk about like why that is something that you find to be a real positive as a dancer. So,
3: like I was saying. I have so many friends here in the company. These people are my family. Like I, some of these people I grew up with, some of these people are new in my life and all of them are my biggest inspirations. Watching everyone dance and watching everyone do what they're good at is just so, it's just so amazing. You know, it's just what makes me get out of bed every morning and go to class and enjoy my day but everyone, there's not one person that looks like another person here. Mm -hmm. We are all different. We all can bring something different to the table. And it is so cool seeing what all of us can do together. Like we're all different. We all can do different things, but once it's put together, it's just such a beautiful birth of whatever, you know? Yeah. It is just so cool. And like, there's no like, this is my role. You can't rehearse it. There's more like, Hey, do you want to rehearse my role today? Or like, I'm not going to be here. Can you fill in for me? It's a lot of, Mm -hmm. there's no jealousy. There's no, like, I've been here longer than you. So I have to do this role. It's just very, like, we're all in this together and Mm -hmm. we're all just like, we all support each other in whatever we do right yeah you're just one big team you know nice. one big family team
1: <laughs> I, i'm wondering if you both can't um help us round out the interview with one final thought about what you're most looking forward to in the upcoming season or, or for cleveland valley's future in general <laughs> marla why don't you start oh
3: god <laughs> <laughs> um oh i don't know personally to go back to play square because the last time we were there was for Nutcracker in 2019, that was two whole years ago, and I am ready right. to go back to the theater and with the wings and the curtains and everything and Good. and um, Playhouse Square is the second largest.
2: No, it's the first. Oh, first. first. My bad. The largest arts large complex outside of New York City. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, My bad. Wow. <laughs> we all more tickets than, than Lincoln Centre. Wow.
3: So, wow. And it's so gorgeous. There's just like it's in such a gorgeous area and has a beautiful outdoor chandelier. And it's just like downtown when we're all there for the holidays and performing. It's just it's amazing. Mm.
2: It's so much
0: fun. Yeah. Gladisa, how about you?
2: I just want this this season to let the world know that this art form whether it's in Cleveland, in New York, in San Francisco, wherever it is, in Spain, in Puerto Rico, is still alive. Mm-hmm. And people people need to come and see the beauty of the beauty of this artist right mm-hmm. It is. this is why my, com- my company is not ranked
1: mm-hmm.
2: because not two people are the same and not one is better than the other. And this is this is a family first. This art form is so difficult. It's so difficult and so challenging and so competition. I detest that. I detest competition because you, everybody has something that God gave them, right. mm-hmm. you know, to, to share. And we all learn from each other. You know, we all learn from each other. You should see my company. We have all different talents. But during class on the rehearsal, everybody shines. Mm-hmm. Everybody shines. And I need every single human being that I have hired. Right. I have not hired artists, I've hired human beings. And that's the difference. That's why our company is so successful. This is why we have grown so much. And this is this is the platform that we're gonna continue growing. And I will not give this to somebody that does not understand the humanity in each of these artists. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: That's very important.
0: So just finally, if anybody wants to get tickets to any of your great shows coming up, including Vermilion or any of them at Playhouse Square, uh, Gladys, so what's the best way for people to go about that?
2: Well, you know, they can call Playhouse Square. Okay. I think it's 216 241 Or they can call here. Okay. Um 216 320 or they can just visit the website and the website would direct them directly. And maybe you guys can come to Cleveland.
0: Would we love would that. love that.
2: <laughs> I, I would love to I would love. <laughs> we're so yeah, interested in what you guys are doing. To come to Cleveland. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds
2: great to us. We, we can arrange that. Maybe you can do this podcast from here.
1: We, we love a live <laughs> podcast. We, we're very, very down for that.
3: I have one more thing to say.
1: Sure. Yes.
3: So I should have said this earlier and no, why I didn't. But hey,
1: there's still
0: time.
3: Um of course, like we went through this whole pandemic and everything, but there's one thing that the Valley does for us that is absolutely outstanding. They give us mm-hmm. health care. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a partnership with university hospitals and we get to have our physicals every year. There's PT that comes every week. So throughout this whole thing that we went through last year, there was always a certainty that we always have our university hospitals to take
1: care of us wow
0: really was, amazing we know how that
3: essential was, that is yeah, yeah
1: absolutely i mean it sounds like cleveland ballet takes care of its artists and uh, i love the uh, idea of the company as a family that's working together towards the same goal it's really beautiful and we hope that everyone in the cleveland area comes out to see you guys and hopefully that will include us eventually
2: well, of course <laughs> i'm gonna make that happen okay. welcome. <laughs> wonderful
1: thank you all so much <laughs> It was lovely having you. Thank you.
0: Go to com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.